Amen. Everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Again, let me welcome you here today. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here and hope you'll come back and worship with us. We have had a wonderful week this week with all the services, all the preachers have been here each day and just, I don't know, it's just a word every day I needed. And uh, Kerry Jones preached Wednesday about Judas Iscariot and all of us. There's Judas in all of us. Um, Brother Ken Casey preached on faith, that journey of faith that we're on. And we keep on keeping on on that journey of faith. And, and Daniel Pope from uh, Bellevue, he preached on Friday. Our crucified Savior. Just a beautiful service. I want to thank all the staff, all that's done in the preparation, and all of our volunteers, uh, lay volunteers. Thank you for serving. So much has gone on in our beautiful service on Thursday night, our Monday Thursday service. Just the Holy Spirit's presence was powerful through the grace of communion. So thank you for everything. I would mention to you this morning as I was getting ready at the back, two of our ushers, Grover Kitchens and Richard Carlson. I'm looking for Richard. Where is he at? But they were back there. I don't know if you noticed their, their suits, their coats when they had them on. But they stood at the back back there when they opened up the door and they went, la, la, like they were together, you know. They looked like glorified Easter eggs. So anyway, <laughs> we're glad you're here this morning. I want to preach about living the gospel. Living the gospel and thinking Christianly. Now, spell check looks funny at Christianly, but I read an article a while back and it used that phrase. Thinking Christianly, thinking like God thinks. So those are the two main things I want to emphasize is living the gospel in your life and thinking like God thinks. Most of you know, and many of you have been reading with us in the book of Romans, as we've been studying Romans through the season of Lent. Last year we did the book of John. We're going to continue to do this. Vicky's devotion yesterday emphasized how much she and I have enjoyed preaching from Romans, and I'm going to preach again from Romans today. I'm going to read the opening statement that Paul wrote in Romans 1, and then I want to read his benediction, but I want you to notice the similarities between the two. So the opening statement and the benediction statement in Romans. So I'll begin in Romans 1, 1 through 5. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. He was separated unto the gospel of God. Are you separated unto the gospel of God? which He promised before through His prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And I want to emphasize the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, which that's critical in our faith walk. As we celebrated a few months ago on Christmas, we celebrate the fact that our God became human. First John, it talks about that the Antichrist denies that He came in the flesh, but as believers, we know that God became human. He came in the flesh. And so we couldn't have Easter unless we had Christmas. So he had announces concerning his son, Jesus Christ, the Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh. And he declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith. He's going to say that again in the closing statement. Obedience to faith among all the nations for His name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. So if you own to the name of Jesus this morning, you've been called. You've been called to stand up for the name of Christ. Now the closing benediction, Romans 16, verses 25 through 27. Now to Him who is able to establish you 
according to my gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ. And when Paul uses the word my gospel, it's the same way we should claim it. It's my gospel. It's personal. You you should claim the gospel, the gospel of Jesus. It's my gospel. And so he says, my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world, but now has been made manifest. This revelation has been given to us. It's manifested to us. How? By the prophetic scriptures made known to all the nations. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. To all the nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, for obedience to the faith. There it is. To God alone, wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen. I want to emphasize again, are you living the gospel? Are you living the gospel that God has called you to live out? Do you think Christianly? Let's talk about those two things today. I mentioned earlier, Vic and I have enjoyed studying and looking at Romans together all during Lent and Easter. And I, the scriptures I just read to you, opening statement and the closing benediction. I don't know if you noticed, I tried to emphasize them, but there are several similar concepts mentioned in the opening statement and in the closing statement. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the prophetic scriptures, all nations, obedience to the faith. You and I come to Jesus Christ by faith. Paul emphasizes that faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. How do you get saved? By faith. It is grace that God has given to us, but you claim it by faith. You believe, as Isaiah said, who, who hath believed our report. You believe. You're a bunch of believers. You believe the report. So Paul emphasizes faith. We're to live and to walk in obedience in this journey, obedience to the faith. Romans teaches us to live out the gospel in faith by the power of the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Vicki and I have been emphasizing that as we've been reading Romans. Again, I'm going to say it again, but just stop and think about that. Same Holy Spirit. Who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit who came inside you and caused you to be born again. The same Holy Spirit that lives within us. The word gospel, the word gospel means something regarded as true and implicitly believed. Paul urges us to live out the gospel in our everyday lives, to think. To think like a Christian should think. And so I ask you, do you think Christianly? Do you think that way? Let me share a story to you to emphasize about thinking. I went to Etowah High School. Etowah Blue Devils. Go Devils. I rode back and forth every day to high school for three years with the school librarian. Not many people can say that. She was my mama. She was the librarian at Etowah High School. So she and I rode back and forth to school every day. And by the way, when I was typing this in, I misspelled library, but don't tell her. She and I drank coffee together every morning. And uh, if you live in Gary Beck's household, you have to drink coffee. So I drank coffee, and me and Mama would sip our coffee, and we'd pray together in the morning. We would talk. I also would gripe about some of the things that were being taught in school. Things like English. 
I mean, who needs to know what a participle is? Who cares what a pronoun is? I told my mother, I'll never use this in my lifetime. Some of this stuff that we have to learn. And here I am a preacher writing and doing stuff. Who cares that X plus Y plus Z equals X, Y, Z? I mean, why, why do we need to know that? But we do. We need to know all that. I learned in school in trigonometry that I needed to remember what uh, Miss Morrison taught me in algebra. But I would gripe about it and I would say, I'll probably never use this in my life. And Mother would give some kind of librarian explanation. But then when, when I just wouldn't listen, she said this statement to me more than once, twice, ten times, twenty times. Harvey, it's to make you think. It's to make you think. Who needs to know all that? The Holy Spirit wrote Romans to help us to know how to think. In fact, the whole Bible's that way. I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a world where more and more people don't think like God thinks. But wouldn't it be amazing if just all of a sudden the entire world made a decision all at once, we're going to begin to think and to love like God loves. We begin to think like He thinks. But in the meantime, it's not that way. But, but again, we have to think like God thinks. Do you think Christianly? The world would be transformed if we would all begin to think like God thinks. Among the books in the New Testament, Romans is the most systematic, it's the most comprehensive presentation of the gospel in the New Testament, I, I think. And those of you who have been reading it know how much, it, and it keeps drilling over stuff. The book is really separated into two major parts. Theological, 1 through 11. We need to have a good theology. Theos means God. Ology is the study of. Our thinking and knowing of who God is. So the first part of it is just theological. But, the, but verses 12 through the remainder of the book are practical. So theological and practical. You see, theology ought to issue into our practical lives and practical life ought to be grounded in theology. Either one, theology or practical life, either one without the other is not a complete gospel. The book of Romans teaches us we must strive. We've got to strive to live in a way that honors Christ. By grace, he emphasizes all the way through the book, grace, 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 through faith, through faith, through faith. So that when we are given this Christian freedom, this Christian liberty, Paul teaches us in several chapters and says it in many different ways, that we are free from keeping the law perfectly because nobody could except one. So we're free from that. But we, do, we, do we get rid of the law? No, the law shows us that we're sinners. And, the, and, and this freedom demands that we be daily liberated through the death and the resurrection of Christ. Again, by grace... Through faith. So this freedom that is found in grace and believes through faith demands that we know the truth as revealed in the Scriptures, the prophetic Holy Scriptures, so that we can see sin for what it is. Luther, Martin Luther wrote it this way, I am bound by the text of the Bible. I am bound by the text of the Bible. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. Is that true with you? Is your, is your conscience, is it, is it captive to the Word of God? Do you think Christianly? 
So Paul and Romans remind us that Jesus demands that we make moral decisions in the midst of all of life's circumstances, knowing before whom we must one day stand. As he emphasizes that, you're going to stand before God and give an account of your life. And so we need to think like God thinks so that we can make correct moral decisions. You all know I love kids. I love teasing them and I laugh out loud at them. I just love them. And I think about the scripture more than one time in the Gospels. Remember when Jesus said, let the children come into me, for such belongs the kingdom of God. So if we listen, sometimes we can learn a lot from kids. Let me give you two examples. Just this week in our home, Afton Yarnell visits at our home with our granddaughter. Now, Afton Yarnell is eight years old. Our youth pastor, Andy Yarnell, and his wife, Jen, that's their daughter, Afton. And she comes and plays with our Madeline, who is seven years old. They're friends, they're buddies, so they come to the house sometimes and play. They were playing early in the week, like Monday or Tuesday. Uh, as they were playing, my wife, Lana, went and turned on the cartoon channel. And uh, it started playing, and Afton heard what it was. So she heard that it was Austin and Allie. I've never seen the show. But it's on the kid channel, seems But she loves, she loves Austin and Allie. Well, as they heard it, Afton turned around and explained to Madeline that she couldn't watch it because she gave up watching that particular show during Lent to help make her think about Jesus. So they're having this discussion. My wife doesn't know this. So they come out. Boy, they're all serious. And Madeline, too, they come marching out. We can't watch Austin and Allie. Um, And Madeline said, no, Afton can't watch it. Well, you know, Lana thought, oh, Lord, the youth pastor, and it's probably, oh, okay, well, I'll cut it. Are y'all not allowed to watch that in your home? I'll cut it off, you know. She said, no. Madeline said, no, she's just not listening to it, so she'll think about Jesus. So Lana realized that she had been taught by her mom and dad and her grandparents. Sometimes we do. We either give up something or either we read the book of Romans as a discipline to remember God during Lent. Of course, we should have disciplines year-round. So when Friday came, Good Friday, Jen told me this. This is Afton's mama. She said, Afton, do you know what today is? She said, yep, it's Good Friday, the day that Jesus died for us, and pretty soon I'm going to get to watch Austin and Alley." <laughs> Second thing, we always pray in our home when we have a meal, and our granddaughter Madeline oftentimes spends the night with us, a night or two on the weekend, and so... Lana and I and Madeline were sitting down to eat, and uh, I said, Madeline, you go ahead and pray. No, Papa, I don't want to. You do it. I said, okay. So I thought, I'll just pray the old classic. God is great. God is good. So we bowed our heads. God is great. God is good. I couldn't remember the next line. I, I totally went blank. I forgot it. So I'm squinting my eyes, and I look, and Madeline's got one eye cocked open looking at me. And she said, oh, Papa, just let me do it. <laughs> you know. So she said the blessing. Why do we teach our children and our grandchildren to discipline their lives to honor Christ? Why do we teach our children to pray? Why do we bring them to church? Why do we bring them to Sunday school? Why do we teach them to pray? Why do we teach them to read the Bible and to know the Bible and on and on? Why do we do this? Because we want them to live their lives out in the gospel of Christ. Because we want them to think like God thinks. Do you and I think Christianly? 
I want to challenge you. If you've not read the book of Romans, and you may not have, you may not have known about it. Read the book of Romans this week. Two chapters a day gets you pretty much through it. There's 16 chapters. Read three one day. But read the book of Romans and see the theology that it's teaching us and the mindset that we're to get from God. But then those last verses just give us practical ways to live out that life. Now, when you get to chapter 8, read it again. And then read it one more time. Chapter 8. Read it about six or seven times and, and pull out a couple of those verses that you may need to memorize. One that I've memorized my whole life in those times when Satan tries to tell me I'm not loved by my God. And I can quote Romans eight thirty-five through 6, the rest of the verse. When Paul said that we are loved by God and that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Death can't, life can't, and all the angels won't, and all the powers of hell itself will never separate us from the love of God. Chapter 8 talks about the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us with groanings when we don't even know how to pray. And He comes within and alongside of us and He prays for us. The Bible says He intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit. So if you hadn't read Romans, I encourage you to read it and Read through chapter 8 several times. Because the theology of the Holy Spirit taught in chapter 8, I believe, is paramount. It's one of the great chapters in the Bible. And I want to remind you again that the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Glory to God. Not only would He die for our sins, but He would die so that you and I could receive the Helper. We could receive God's Spirit. So it would help us, He will help us to live the gospel and to think like God thinks. Because Jesus said of the help of the Holy Spirit, He will teach you all things and whatever He does in you, He will always want to glorify the Father and glorify the Son. That's the work that He does. He helps you to live out the gospel and He helps you to think Christianly. Now, I want to confess to you. And I thought about this when Ken preached about faith Wednesday. There's some days I just mess it up. I don't, I don't walk in obedience of faith every day. Now, you may not be like that. But I got a sneaky feeling I'm not alone. I know some of you. I mess up sometimes. But when I mess up, I'm reminded, oh yeah, I need a Savior. I need help. And so I call on the Lord for help. I want to ask you to do this. Will you this day, this Easter, why don't you renew your life with Jesus today? Or perhaps you don't even know Him. You can come and meet Him today. Be born again. Receive Him by faith. I suspect most of you do know Him. So renew your life with Jesus. And I use the word surrender oftentimes when I talk about the Holy Spirit because it is important that we surrender again our need for His Spirit to bring help to us in living out the gospel and thinking Christianly. I wrote out a prayer. I changed it a little bit from Wednesday's devotion. So I'll close with this. You can keep your eyes open. But this is just a suggested prayer. And we're going to put it in the 3D devotion in the morning. Jesus, I praise You and I worship You. Your death 
burial, and resurrection. Bring to me forgiveness and eternal hope. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to live my life in a way that brings Jesus honor and glory. Help me to think Christianly. Help me to think like you think, God. And all the people said, Amen. Will you join with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, may your word now go forth into human heart and touch the good soul of the heart. God, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to live out the gospel and to think Christianly. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.